You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hello. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, Grant, I'm Grant. How's your week been? It's been very good. Uh, I have been uh, editing some stuff. You have some, been. Some wrestling. You've been furiously editing wrestling <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, called Ring of Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, and it's quite interesting. Hmm. Hmm. It's a, a very big budget show for something where they were like we don't have any wrestling here let's do this and they've got like a hundred thousand people and that loads of cameras big number it's pretty cool it's quite fun to work with some yeah. stuff that's like got that many things involved yeah um yeah so it's been a bit of solid week here busy mm. week because we've got the nxt show and rumble this coming sunday uh, you and i are going to be here on sunday mm-hmm. for the nxt post show well the the review which i'm really looking forward to i'm, oh, mate, I'm yeah. so excited for for um take over phoenix rights i think it's gonna be a great there was a point where ollie was like because it's my birthday on sunday uh and ollie was like well it's your birthday you don't have to come in and i was like yeah i want to watch takeover though (laughs) so this is this is a great excuse to watch it (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh so yeah so we're going to be uh diving into some discussions about that if you haven't already our predictions for that show are currently live which are well worth checking out um i just want i've got some stuff here let's uh find out i did have some stuff i wanted to ask about for the NXT review. Okay, so who we got here? From Florian. Uh, it says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and not Randy Andy. I've been a member of the SWAF Nation for almost three years now, I guess, and I've been listening to the podcast ever since the first episode has gone into my podcast feed. Congratulations to you. I always wanted to write you, but until now, I haven't had any topic to write about, but while watching the most recent episode of NXT, being last week's one, and hearing your thoughts about it, I certainly have a question now. Why do you love the Street Profits so much? I never got their act in the first place, and somehow they haven't changed my opinion. I sometimes even skip their matches because i can't get into their act and while feuding over a plastic cup won't help what is the what is you guys like about them so much oh anyways keep up the good and consistent work your friend from oldenburg germany florian p.s i'm interested how you pronounce my name because i've heard it speak uh i've heard because it seemed hard for any native speaker i've encountered i'm like on with florian 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 f-l-o-r-i-a-n florian florian could be florian Florian. Florian, perhaps? Yes, could be. Any one of those. Um, I mean, I think the reason why we like the uh, Street Profits was kind of explained a lot in the last week's episode, mm-hmm. where we raved about them for a good 10, 15 minutes about why we particularly love them. I just think that I think Montez Ford is incredibly charismatic. I think he's an exceptionally great wrestler. And mm-hmm. I think that together as an act, they just work so well. It, they're fun. They're a they really fun. F- they're yeah. a really fun tag team. I've, I've noticed as well, perhaps I'm, I'm <laughs> this is more... Um, just be, perhaps coincidence mm. but the people that i've seen that don't like street profits the most tend to come from germany yes maybe it's just something about germany that doesn't like the street profits mm. but uh, so what is it about for, for you that you like about the street profits i think well the montez ford is living charisma i think <laughs> I, I, I get i get this sort of um there are there are obviously issues around the street profits of like you know i've seen plenty of african-american uh of our african-american viewers saying things like you know they've just another stereotyped tag team it's it's sad that wwe is making this happen again yeah sure like i get the fact that sometimes people get pigeonholed like that however these guys are making an amazing go of it and it kind of feels genuine from them it doesn't feel like so much as you know new day you're going to be preachers yes New Day obviously turned their thing into something completely different now. The New Day now is such a shadow 
of the initial idea beyond the sort of ah yeah. opening stuff like and i just i feel like the street profits they're obviously working with what they've been given but they're very good at it as well and i just think yeah. i don't think anything about their gimmick is holding back the characters of the people doing it like i just think they both clearly get what they're trying to get across they do it very well those promos that they do are very unique as well and they do them really they're really funny really interesting quite wacky mm-hmm. which i really like and it's good for a mid-card act um and then in the ring they're dynamite yeah i just yeah i just there's i just don't think there's anything to dislike about them no i, I completely agree and I, I think it's and they're in a developmental territory so if they're not very you know if you don't think they're particularly great in the ring or they're you know their gimmick doesn't do it for you these guys are still like learning to do stuff right they, you know they, yeah. they're only ever going to improve from here and i just think they are already a very solid start to being a tag team in wwe yeah i also think that cause I, I i hear the argument of that they are a stereotype in this like they are crime time 2.0 mm. which i think it's unfair because crime time was we have got two african-american wrestlers let's stick them together and give them this gimmick street profits from what i can gather and from what i i, I you know certainly from watching this feels like it was a gimmick that they came up by themselves because this is what they are like in real life. Mm. They're not playing characters. They're playing themselves turned up to 11. And that's why they bounce off each other so well. It's because, well, this is how we just act mm. IRL. I've we- seen footage of Montez Ford's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like Montez Ford. Exactly. <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of um, uh, Tom's mate, uh, our, our joint friend, uh, Tom. Um, his friend, oh my God, I can't remember. Elvis. Elton. Elton, Elton yeah. yeah, a lot like that. Like Elton is essentially like Montez Ford, and if mm. you just dialed Elton up to eleven, not that you would need to, because he's quite—he's already he's at, at 10. 11, yeah. yeah, if you dialed him up an extra thing, he would just be like an extra, you know, a, yeah. a bigger life version of what he already is. True, yeah. So I, I, I don't think that it's, it's, it is a gimmick that has been slapped upon them. It's not like the New Day, where like they were put together because we're going to make you the new nation of domination, mm. and then it was like, oh, actually, no, we're going to make you all street preachers or, or whatever. It is. And then they have essentially turned the gimmick into themselves turned up to eleven. They they have taken what it was a puddle of awfulness and turned it into loveliness. Mm. And I, I I give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I, I just, there's there is the potential with everything to just go out there and try as hard as you can to steer it towards what you want it to be and new day obviously did that by incorporating more and more video games references and stuff like that into what they're doing and you know if if street profits hate what they're doing chances are in nxt you're probably going to give be given a chance to some degree to change it completely agree uh let's get this email uh, quickly here from jamie who says hi luke uh ollie laurie and the silly one andy in the back you're not supposed to say hi to him i've been a patron for a few months now congratulations i just wanted to reach out for the first time and thank you for all the podcasts and wrestle rambles i've been a uh, fan of wrestling since i was a child due to a hectic schedule as a full-time master student while also working 20 hours a week i no longer have time to watch any of the live coverage bizarrely though i actually find listening to you talking about wrestling far more entertaining and then subjecting myself to three hours of four every week so even if i only catch the occasional pay-per-view i feel thoroughly up to date because of all your hard work like so many listeners to the show that write in your shows have helped distract me from uh, some numerously low and hard times and i just wanted you to know that i'm yet another person relatively well adjusted as ollie may term it uh and that take comfort from listening to you ramble best wishes and if you read this out please leave oh, I've, I've said uh, please leave my name anonymous so i have to bleep out your name then because i did actually say it so i, I you should have put that bit at the top. But that's <laughs> so thank you very much for your Luke email. Luke doesn't pre-read a lot of stuff. I don't. Well, actually, there is one thing that I have pre-read. I was actually going to use this as a segue into Patreon, which I'll quickly do now. Become one of our pledge champions of Patreon and, and head on over there because the Wrestle League predictions are now up. So you can compete against us in Royal Rumble predictions, which has been a lot of fun thus far, seeing what some people are, are guessing. We're going to be recording ours very, very shortly. No one has voted for AJ Styles. I just <laughs> don't know why. At least at the time of this recording. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah I'm going to use this as a segue to tease the outro portion of this podcast because last week we had an email in from Pete who was uh, sent in some Pokemon facts Pokemon Master well we've had a follow up email to that to suggest some of it was wrong <gasps> so we're going to have that in the outro portion of this podcast we're going to have a trainer battle but 
<laughs> but until then, we're going to be talking about the Velveteen Dream and his run in NXT and where it can go from here. Uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Where we're going to be talking about Velveteen Dream, who was featured quite heavily on this episode of NXT. He had a couple of wardrobe changes as well, like <laughs> like he's blooming Beyonce. I know. Ooh. You'd think he was at an award show or something. <laughs> the NXT Awards, perhaps. Um, yeah, he came out to open up the show. Um, talking about that, like he has something special in his sights, and it's the sparkle of championship gold in his eyes. Mm. Good promo work. I it was really good. I thought it was really fun, and people were. It was super over as well. Oh, yeah he's so over yes unreal and he essentially has announced he is setting his sight on the north american championship currently held by ricochet could be held by johnny gargano by the time sunday rolls around we don't quite know just yet so he's cutting this promo and then uh, the undisputed era come out and they interrupt him um i thought they were i thought they were great here i mm. thought both cu- it wasn't all the undisputed era um o'reilly and strong weren't there it was just cold and fish but i thought they were a really good tandem mm. there was something like i, I really enjoyed uh Adam Cole's little promo saying they're going to take take all of the gold. You got to pump the brakes there, Dream, because everybody knows that twenty nine year will be twenty nineteen will be the year of the undisputed era, uh, and they very soon they will have the gold, and you can dream on. Yes, they will have all the gold. Mm. He said that hey, Roddy and Kyle, they've already got gold around their waist. Admittedly, we have not got any of our own, but very soon we will. Yes, because and Bobby and I have got our sights set on gold. And then Bobby tries to have a go. <laughs> and the crowd goes, shut up, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did not want to hear Bobbles talk. And it was funny as well, because his first thing he said, he just grabs the microphone and goes, shame on you, Dream. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I the crowd started, sh- shut up, character. Bobby, at him. What a gr- he is a great character. It's a bit of a shame then, because Adam Cole had this really great promo. And then Bobby Fish got the microphone and said, like, shame on you, Dream. And then essentially cut the same promo that Adam Cole did. Mm-hmm. Just like, if you didn't catch what he said, I'm just going to repeat but it. I I think this plays into what they were trying to do here because obviously this this whole promo segment ends with the dream saying you know I, I'm going to go off this uh, sorry I'm happy to dispute what you're saying Bobby as long as it's okay, okay with, with Adam. Adam yeah and then Bobby freaks out and goes crazy and obviously this this is again that quite subtle storytelling that NXT will do where they might just do this now and they might drop it for ages and then down the line Bobby may drift away from the undisputed era but there are so many reasons why he could. They've already laid them all in. Like, you know, he was out injured for ages. He returned slightly more violent mm-hmm. than he had been before. He kept having to be in all of their promos while he was injured, holding this tiny little trophy like that was his thing. Yep. Fish, sorry, Strong and O'Reilly are now the de facto tag team champions, although it was originally Fish and O'Reilly that won them. Yep. So, yeah, he's been pushed out of even being in that ta- his own tag team. Exactly, yeah. Red like, Dragon are no yeah. more. There are so many reasons why Bobby Fish would be annoyed. And this is yet another one. Like, you know, mm. he, he now is being positioned as the lackey of yeah. the group. You are the fourth member of it's this very, group. Yeah, and I mean, and we can do all the things we, you know, if they are going to push them to be all champions at some point and actually be a proper undisputed era, then the downfall of them might not come from the outside. Mm-hmm. It might come from within. Yes, which would be so, an interesting story to tell. Because yeah. I think we, we've made our uh, feelings on this quite clear uh, throughout this podcast and, and this show that the Undisputed Era are not being called up anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I think the, we've got at least another year left mm-hmm. of, the, of, of this group in Dan and NXT. And I think that's a good thing. And yes. if I'm being honest, I think that is actually the longer they're there, the better. Mm. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this last night when I went down to the pub. We were talking about how the pub either towards the end of this year or next year, Vince is going to be distracted by the XFL. And Mm -hmm. there is every chance, and this is actually one of Ollie's big predictions for 2019, is that Vince steps down from the company. Mm. And then that then sort of leaves a path for Triple H and Stephanie to take over. And I'll be honest, Mm. Raw and SmackDown are not going to change. The shows will be the exact... It's not then going to turn into NXT. Raw and SmackDown will be the exact same shows. However... NXT call-ups will actually get something to do and they'll probably will be given the six months worth of storylines that mm. Triple H promised many, many moons ago. So I think that like the longer that, that the Undisputed Era are down in NXT probably is probably the better. I think the more, yeah, the more people can stay there for a while and just cling on to that before they're like, just be a call-up. It'll be really exciting. You could be the next EC3. <laughs> you, huh? Maybe you could open a door and take off your trousers. <laughs> you, could be, you could have a shot where it's just your butt. And <laughs> maybe you could come out and 
aggressively assault Alexa Bliss with horny goblin noises. Maybe you could. Hey, you'll get you over. Oh, man, then you can so do the over. worm. Oh, you'll be oh. so over. Um, the worm being a metaphor for his penis. Yes. Um, and it's funny that like we, I, I sort of bring that up, and then we're going to sort of tie this into our, our larger question, which is what's next for the Velveteen Dream, which we'll come on to in a little bit. But suffice to say, my answer is not stay in NXT. Mm. But we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that, because this did set up a match that would happen later on tonight. Um, I like, I just love Bobby off mic shouting things like, who do you think you are? <laughs> He's great. Um, and that did lead to a match later on in the night between the Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish. And it was really funny as well, because I keep saying that it's really funny. It's really weird that this was a match that was set up, you know, the start of the top of the, you know, start of the show, top of mm. the hour. These two haven't really crossed paths with, with one another. No. And yet somehow this did feel very personal. Mm. And felt very well. I thought it was actually. I thought they did a really, really good job of telling a story within this match. I love this match. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I, I like the fact that Dream came out of the gates, guns blazing, and then Fish did the classic sort of undisputed era tactical thinking. Mm-hmm. Go for the leg. Yeah, absolutely, just absolutely. Oh. Go for a just pick a limb and murder it. Target it. Yeah, that's it. And it was. It was just really, really well done. And I think also the the, the finish of it can play into the idea of. Bobby eventually splitting from Undisputed Era because Cole didn't help him out in the same way that everyone else in the Undisputed Era normally helps Cole out. Uh, well, Cole did try. He, to tried, help. he tried, not help. very well. And then he did get like he got essentially knocked out mm. uh, by by Fish, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, so we, yeah, Dream sort of ran wild at the start, and then as you say, Bobby took over and was just targeting Dream's leg, and it built to an, a, a really really great spot towards the end, which is when the Dream's making his comeback and he hits the purple rainmaker, but like Fish rolled through, rolls it through somehow, like kind of rolls it, through, reverses the polarity almost, and yeah. gets in this knee bar. It was he just really sort of went, impressive. Nope. <laughs> yeah, really, no, I'm not having that. Yeah. Force field, no, <laughs> didn't work. Yeah, and he gets in this knee bar, and Dream's selling of it was so good, like he mm. was really selling the pain of this move because it's the area of his body that's been targeted throughout the match mm-hmm. and I like I like I like the bit here as well when he's reaching out for the ropes and Adam Cole just yanks them back as far as he can I, I genuinely thought Dream was going to tap I thought that was mm. going to be the finish of it but the referee spotted what Adam Cole was doing leading to the classic of the heel in the ring arguing with the referee because they were arguing with the person on the outside I was like mate don't get don't distract yourself yeah come on you were come the one playing on. this game you should be better at it and he sees it and he goes to, and then Dream then rolls him into the, the Dream Valley driver mm-hmm. but his leg gives out yes and like he, and he tells the leg and you're like ah so this is going to be the finish but no that wasn't the finish <laughs> either and it was uh, Dream then throws Fish through the ropes into Adam Cole Fish runs back in to be like you little you, you, you scamp and he just gets caught in a deep, uh, Dream Valley driver and the Purple Rainmaker for the win. I thought it was a tremendous finish and a fun little match. Mm. And I think it's, it's good because it sets up two other people who are interested now in the North American title going forwards. Because I don't know what's going to happen between Gargano and Ricochet, but that's going to be a very interesting field to watch develop over the next year, mm-hmm. I guess. And Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish are two people who are perfect for that role. And it would yeah. be nice to see Bobby Fish have a bit of a singles go. And because Bobby's not had a great run since coming back, not in terms of in-ring performance, because in-ring performance has been great. Mm. But I don't think he's, he's also won- done a very good outside shouting stuff in. He is great at that. <laughs> I think that's basically what he was doing for a year, though, mm. while he was injured. It was just who's perfecting the I'm on the outside and I'm going to say <laughs> things now. But what I mean by like he's had a bad run since coming back is I don't think he's won a match. Mm. Like he has been the guy that's been in it. He is the member of the undisputed era that is there to take pinfalls essentially yes which is it's it's you know it's a bit of a shame for him but i thought it was a a, he looked great in this match Mm. like it wasn't a finish that made him look bad he looked he came out that finish looking really really strong Mm. he nearly tapped out the velveteen dream someone who was a contender to the nxt championship not too long ago i thought fish looked great but velveteen dream came out looking like an absolute star Mm. he is fantastic so that then brings us to the question of what is next for the Velveteen Dream. Because although at the top of the show he said that he's got his sights set on the North American Championship, I'm still sitting here, and I've, I think we've said this before, he's, he's done everything there is to do in NXT. Mm. And it almost feels like now you're just sort of, you're almost hanging on unnecessarily. So Dream has had a match previously with Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Has Dream had, Dream's had a match with Gargano? Has he? He might have done. I don't know. So just maybe that's a little hint. I don't. I, I don't feel like it, I'm remembering a big match between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So if that's not if that's the case, then potentially Gargano is the one winning the North American title, and then a WrestleMania weekend match 
Velveteen Dream, Johnny Wrestling, who is the king of takeovers? Could be. I'm still pulling. I'd be. I'd be up for that. And then, then Dream can go up. I think because he has exhausted his possibilities in NXT. I think. I'm still pushing what I said on the prediction show. There's going to be a tag match at the mm. Mania where it'll be Champa and Gargano versus Ricochet and Alistair Black, mm. and that will then fuel into the uh, the Brooklyn shows, or not the, what would have been the Brooklyn shows, but I guess it'll be Toronto too. Uh, to Ronto, maybe. If, if I was in charge of NXT, that's what I would have called it. NXT TakeOver to Ronto. That's, you're terrible. <laughs> you're the worst. So for me, like, if, if I was to answer the question of what is next for the Velveteen Dream, I, I think him staying in NXT is not going to do him any favours. With no. that said, going up to the main roster likely won't do him any favours either. I don't know. He could fit into that same category... I mean, the difference is Nikki Cross has obviously gone up into a uh, roster that's a lot less stacked because the women's roster is a bit, a bit more compact. A bit paper However, thin. she's ter- she's turned up with a very interesting character, and they, out of all the people they have called up, they have at least given her what resembles a push <laughs> in the fact that she got to have a match a week before everyone else did. Um, so Dream could easily fit into that category, I think, of people who go up and are, you know, he's not just an entrance like uh, No Way Jose was. He's actually a really good in-ring performer, got a really interesting character that gets super over. It's very easy to understand, especially in a huge stadium as well. I think he could do great on the main roster. They just need yeah. to back him a little bit initially. I don't even, he doesn't even need to have a, an amazing storyline because I think he's such an interesting person to just have wander out and be involved in stuff. Yeah. My worry for the dream going up is that the two people that I instantly think of mm. that you could almost compare him to going up to the main roster is Tyler Breeze and Bobby Roode, mm. which are both that went up, got put into feud with Dolph Ziggler, and were just being like, well, this is your sort of like, this is your testing grounds. Dolph Ziggler's basically in that X-Pac role where he used to be mm. back in the day, which was like, hey, if you're coming from WCW, we're going to put you in this feud with X-Pac so you can learn how to wrestle like we do. Yeah, Dolph is the gatekeeper. Exactly, yeah, Dolph is the gatekeeper. So you get put into a feud with Dolph, and then you get nothing <coughs> coming out the back of no. it. Uh, if well, Dolph himself has said, I've never won anything. So <laughs> having a feud with me does no does no wonders for you because no one goes oh he beat Dolph Ziggler so and so who's everyone has <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Ty Dillinger's beat it's incredibly you. easy apparently yeah so it, it, it's a tricky one because as I said I think that he's done everything that he can in NXT I don't think him going for the North American Championship doesn't doesn't spark joy within me oh, the same way it did when he was you. when he was going for the NXT Championship mm. it almost feels like it's, it's almost like a step down so to speak Marie Con no <laughs> perhaps but at the same time I don't particularly want to see him go up to the main roster because I don't think that he's a character that will be handled particularly well he just can't languish anymore though I think that's the thing yeah. they can't just keep him around and for just the sake him, of keeping him around because it just yeah, it just feels like it's a dead end thing he just turns he'll end up into Nikki Cross yeah. Nikki Cross last year in NXT where she was just there doing yeah. very and people, little and people still like people still love her and like her and but you just knew that every match she was in, it just didn't mean anything. Yeah. You're just like, oh, great, you're just in this filler feud. And it actually devalued the women's title sometimes when she was in the, like a, like she was yeah. in the matches. Because you're just like, agree. well, I know you're not going to win this because you're not getting this big push. You're not, like, your ship has sailed and that ship was called Sanity. Yeah. And it crashed once it got to SmackDown. So, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, He's not like a Sami Zayn or a Gargano or Champa or Alistair Black or mm-hmm. like where they're being kept in NXT for a storyline reason. Yes. Champa and Black, uh, sorry, uh, Black and I said the wrong thing again. Champa and Gargano need to stay in NXT because they have a story that is yet to tell. The Undisputed Era needs to stay in NXT because they have a story to tell. Sami Zayn had a story to tell. While everyone else was getting called up, you were like, no, no, Sami needs to stay there because he has a story that he needs to finish mm-hmm. in NXT, and. Dream doesn't fit in within that mold. He doesn't feel like he has a an arc that is there to be completed. All we're going to get is just more of him coming out dressed like Hulk Hogan at takeover shows yeah. with call me up Vince or whatever it is or just putting out tweets that say it's time for me to be called up now. But that is one of those that's one of those things that works on the main roster. They love people that just come out and do a thing and it's just, you know, why is Elias still around? Elias is because he's got a segment and it's just like it just it adds variety to what is ostensibly a wrestling show where they don't want to show wrestling. So, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that is, you know, moment of bliss is the exact same thing as well. It's just it's all like bits that that can just be angles and fun. The New Day, the reason, you know, obviously they were all fantastic wrestlers, but a lot of the reason they stuck around initially was because they were fun and they had a really cool, you can start the show with, oh, London, whatever, that sort of stuff. Enzo and Cass had the same thing. Like, great promo bit at the beginning, great way to kick off a show. Velveteen Dream, 
fits that category perfectly. If they give him enough of a chance, he can also be a fantastic wrestler going forward, as long as he gets to do the wrestling as well as just doing a really fun entrance where he throws beads into the crowd or whatever it is. I'm making my prediction now. He's going to have his own talk show segment. It's going to be called Nighttime with Velveteen Dream. Mm. And that'll be and it'll be like a very sleepy setting. There might be a bed in the ring. He'll do all of his promos from a bed. And that will <laughs> be what they'll do to get him yeah. over. Because it won't be anything else. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. But before we get into the NXT review, we've got to give a shout out to those awesome $25 and above pledge hammers over on Patreon. And if you are one of those, in fact, if you are one of our pledge hammers at the $5 or above level, the Wrestle League predictions are now open for the Royal Rumble. So head on over there, get joining in the fun, compete against myself, El Fakedor, and Ollie Davis. In and actually, if you've watched the NXT reviews, you'll know that Ollie was really bad at them because <laughs> he doesn't watch the product week to week and is basically guessing. So maybe you might stand a chance against him at Royal Rumble because although he does watch the product week to week, he'll have forgotten everything that happens. And also, you've got to choose one person out of thirty people, some of whom you don't know. Yep, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's basically impossible. It's a shot in the dark. Go for who you want. Vote for AJ Styles in the SmackDown match because no one has so far. That's yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, although, in fairness, I got a 100% record last year. Mm. I got all the matches right and I got both Rumbles right. I am guaranteeing I'm not repeating that success. No. Absolutely not. Because I own a Scooby-Doo what I'm going to predict for the Rumble. We're recording that prediction in like an hour. Yeah, I'm just going to point at things. <laughs> That one. <laughs> that one. So let's give, this a, guy. let's give a shout out to our $25 and above pledge hammer, starting with Kenneth Houston. We have a problem. Woo! Yes. Nice Kenneth. one, Kenneth. Pool Lift Club leader, Johnny Mata. Oh, that's right. We've got a reason for why it's called that now. JVF. Jack Van Fleet. It's like RVD, man. John, Secret Santos. Oh, secretive. <laughs> Big Apple Takedown, Lindsay Monroe. Mm, great mm. book. Butter Me Up, Soren Nord, which is the Soren... Sort like Serene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons Burgers. You can tell where I grew up. Oh, Robin Banks, Lee Roberts. Oh, Lee Roberts. Don't be robbing those banks, though. Ryan B., Bad, like Johnny B. Bad, yeah. Mmm, this is a tasty Tim Haydenberg. Uh, yes, hey. Pulp Fiction references. 
probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. That's a tough bar. It's a yeah, big bar to get over. There. The blueprint. Owen Morgan. That was a name he suggested himself. He wants to play... You can tell because it's not a pun about a film. No, he wanted to make a reference to Matt Morgan of all people. The tactical distraction, Anthony Ibanez. Another one you suggested because I'd have gone with a guitar reference. Noah Edward Nigma, Enigma. Oh, what a riddle. Oh. Riddle me this, Batman. I think he's... I think he's talking to you, Damien Thompson, to ah, round things off. Damien! Lovely stuff. But the show kicked off with that Velveteen Dream and Undisputed Era segment, and then it segued into a video package to hype up Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair for this coming Saturday's NXT TakeOver Phoenix Wright, and it was just... This was a great video package. I loved it. My, I mean, my notes here are just like, Belair is great. Yep. And then it ends with, I love this. I love this feud. I, think what I was love so, both of what them. What was so fun about this video package was that the things we were raving about last year was all those video packages with Baszler leading into the Kyrie Sane matches where you were like, yeah, Kyrie Sane. <laughs> but it was like, the Baszler bits were all like, like the UFC... Uh, internal sort of documentary stuff that they do where it's all really hardcore and it's going to the training camp and all this stuff. This was that. But then over the top, Bianca Belair was just obnoxiously chewing gum. <laughs> like It just kept going back. Blowing there. bubbles like an absolute... No, it, was, so, it was really fun. I loved this video so much. She had this amazing line as well where she said that Shayna Baszler, she's great. She's a two-time NXT Women's Champion. Do you know what that means? She's lost. Mm. I haven't, because I am undefeated. And I was like, that's a brilliant line to set this. I Whoa. put you on. I, I put the computer on mute, and yet it still came out of the TV. That. That's how good a line it was. It made your computer break. It did. Also, I don't think that's full screen itself. That was well, very weird. I'm very fixing this. Apologize. Apologize. What have you done? I'll just fiddle my wires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> professionalism. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Take two. I'm not even. I'm not even cutting. I'm just going to keep that all in. Um, yeah, Don't cut. It was. A, it was a great line. I thought it was a really cool video package. I love this feud. I love both of them. Mm. I think it's going to be a really, really fun match. Meltzer had a really interesting thing. We was writing about this in the Observer, um, which just came out today, where he said it's a big test for both of them because it's kind of it's Baszler's first NXT title match where she's going in not against someone who is more experienced than her mm. in terms of like they can essentially carry not not carry the match for them but can guide them through the match because mm. Belair and, and Belair has not had a match yet at this level so it's a real big test for both of them but I, I think they can easily nail it I think they could smash it I think they could smash and it I think uh, Lino it's one of those things where I, I imagine they're be being given the support behind the scenes to make this really great and they're probably running through it a few a fair few times yeah, going yeah. into it so smart I just, play well you know work with Ronda, work with Ronda Rousey and she's got a very similar background to Baszler and Bianca Belair is also someone who is a multidisciplinary athlete who was amazing at all of it so, so incredible I think I imagine they'll smash it yeah uh, yeah yeah, I think it's going to be. And speaking of smashing, segue, right. we then had a tag team match. And they, they put a graphic up for this match. I literally sat up in my seat. Be like, well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. It was only Lorcan and Danny Burge versus Fabian Eicher and Marcel Bartel. <laughs> oh man can't tell you how excited I was when this match came on I was like make, I'm going to pause this now and I'm going to make a cup of tea <laughs> so I can sit there and enjoy every second of this it was a wicked match it was so, so great good. We were. I was a bit down on Fabian Eichner the last time we reviewed uh, a tag mm. team match I believe in NXT UK they're called the European Union Yes. Nice little dig there. Mm. Um, but they're here in, the, in NXT because it's not the same world, apparently. They're just called Fabian Eichner and Marcel mm. Bartel. They were, I mean, yeah, they were referred to as the European Union, as a European Union by McGuinness on the commentary, but not as the European Union. So. Okay. Like, a European Union in the ring and stuff. He also did a, there was a bit of flub where he, he said, Actung, baby. And he was like, <laughs> oh, no, wait, he's Ita that's the Italian one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good one, Nigel. Um, Ronella opens this match by saying Man, the masseuses are going to be busy after this match <laughs> <laughs> like no kidding because this match is going to be as stiff as a dick and it really really <laughs> was throughout <laughs> and it just Burge gets this hot tag and he it's it's an incredible hot tag with like European uppercuts and then at one point I think it's Bartel just walks towards him and he just headbutts him and he just yeah. falls down it I'm, was I love so the, I love, great there was a great spot where he was running the ropes and uh 
I think it was Eichner goes to leapfrog him, but he just he actually goes round to the side and yeah. instead just grabs the leg and just goes way. Oh, that hot tag was incredible. Like Birch was like a house on. He's oh, so good. And we, I, as I said, we were we. I, th- I feel like I'm I was in particular quite down on, on Fabian Eichner because I essentially said that Marcel Bartel is so much better than, than mm. Eichner is. But Eichner, man alive, did he hold his own in this match? He was amazing. Because I man. thought he might end up being the like you know the one who's kind of left behind in this match because mm. it is like these three bruisers just beating the holy heckins out of each other. But Eichner, man, he comes in and does this double springboard moonsault, and that's when you remember it's like. Oh yeah, he was part of the cruiserweight classic. Yeah, he's he can do all these big flip. That was a, that was a Tony Nice thing as well. Yeah, Tony Nice does that move. Um, the the my Only favorite my favorite one was the little hop up onto the top rope, uh, splash to the outside. Yeah, but with a little pump. Yeah, it like, does, yeah it does, it's like the high fly flows oh, at the bottom. Oh, it was, and he got so much air from it as oh, well. It was incredible. Absolutely amazing. Considering that only Lorcan had just sort of bundled himself outside <laughs> moments before. Like, yeah. Because he's normal. He didn't do the full run for his normal suicide dive, so he didn't have as much speed, and he almost looked like he was about to brain himself and <laughs> just about got under him. I just thought all four men were absolutely wicked. And mm. it had a lot of really good false finishes as well. Like you had um, Bartel hitting uh, like a top rope European uppercut while... Uh, only Lorcan was on eight, Fabian Eichner's shoulder and he's like oh, okay so they're doing their finish mm. but no only somehow like reversed that into a Boston Crab and then Birch runs in to get another submission on Bartel and you're like ah oh, so they're going to do a double tap out finish but uh, Marcel gets out of that and like they, they almost do like a, a quadruple down you're like this match is still going and it's it just kept getting better mm. and better I, I thought it was so much fun and then only just starts slapping people and it was awesome <laughs> yeah and the end came when uh Eichner goes for a springboard something. Mm-hmm. You don't know. He didn't. He didn't. I've said, I've re- he tries for another springboard. He tries for a springboard. He leaps over uh, or- Lorcan. Lorcan, yeah. Lorcan. <laughs> he leaps over Lorcan, lands, but just misses. Lorcan rolls him up. And as he's rolling him up, Bartel's trying to get back in the ring, but Birch just caught him and drags him back yeah. slowly. So he's like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Uh, re- it's, a, oh, yeah. it's a really, really fun, compact match as yeah. well. Like, yeah, it was. It was brilliant. Really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. Go out of your way to watch it if you have not watched NXT. I thought it was great. Uh, we then got an advert uh, for Poppy because she's doing one of the theme tunes for NXT. Um, and as we were told yesterday, she's part of the Illuminati. Mm. So there's a fun fact for you. I don't uh, know how. No. <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't click the link to find <laughs> out how, why she's part of the no. Illuminati. But we have been informed that she is part of the Illuminati. Hey, I mean, if you're going to... They, they always go after the, the creme de la creme of talent in the Illuminati, yes, from what why. I've heard, because it is definitely real. Um, video package for Champa... It's like a weird blow-up doll. <laughs> That's what they want you to think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they've got another video package for uh, Tommaso Champa versus Alistair Black for the NXT Championship. Another really, really great video package. Really feels personal, this feud. Mm. Really feels personal. I, lo- I love it as well because it's just got tendrils going everywhere. It's like it extends so much beyond these two men, and mm-hmm. it's it's much more about the future of NXT now. It's you know, it's about Champa being stopped from corrupting everyone in his path, especially Johnny, obviously. But yeah. like, generally speaking, ruining the name of NXT and turning everyone into his own little sort of weird lackeys while he holds on to Goldie so good I've seen a few people in the uh, the the comments for the NXT predictions that we did quite down on Alistair Black at the moment only because I think a lot of people do not like the the current gimmick that he has because it almost feels like I think perhaps I mean maybe I'm reading too much into this but it feels like people are rejecting it because it's almost quite it's almost like religious iconography but almost satanism mm. and i think some people are rejecting it from that so from a religious aspect aspect they are rejecting it because of that but he's a difficult one as well because people initially rejected the idea of him having matches that were longer than him just kicking someone in the face <laughs> yep. you know or cutting a promo get, at all you get used to it it's just one of those you just get used to it like it was difficult everyone just wanted to see him do a goldberg come out spin kick everyone in the face win the championship that be it. Do yeah. a little run with that for a bit and then lose it. But like to have longevity, he's going to need to have longer matches. He's going to need to change his gimmick slightly because he can't just be the Dutch destroyer now that he's lost a few times. Like it just, it's just not allowed. Yeah. 
I think I'm a big fan of Alistair. I like Black. the I like the absolving you of your Love it. sins. I think it's great. Thing. Like yeah. you know, because it's not. I don't think it's Satanism. It's just it's just this weird. He's got his own weird morality code. It's not like I don't. In the same way that Gargano has his own weird morality. Yeah, because they call it. They call him the de- they. You know, they keep calling him the devil, but like, or he's got the devil on his back. But that I just think that just means that he's more like he's plagued by this thing, like yeah. this this idea that these bad things are behind him and he's trying to sort of get out in front of them yeah and he's actually the good guy i don't think it's like the literal devil yeah exactly it's i just not I, Beelzebub. I mean obviously there's religious iconography there they've got all the candles and all the runes and all the nonsense but that's just that's just standard tattoo stuff <laughs> <laughs> it is maybe oh no you're, you're absolutely right maybe he's part of the illuminati yeah all the, the stone cutters definitely he's got um, a tattoo of poppy <laughs> Uh, we then got another tag match, only this one was not as good as the previous tag match. No. Uh, this was between Io Shirai and Kairi Sane versus uh, Tanea Brooks and Amber Nova. Nova. Amber Nova, who I've written here, looks like the girl from the Inbetweeners movie, the one that Simon goes after. Not Simon, um, that uh, Neil goes after. <laughs> she's actually a really good stand-up comedian as well. She's done her own... She, she was on uh, Travel Man as well, and she was on Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. She's really funny, actually, but she basically... That's all I could think of when I was looking at her. I was like, God, you look, I can't remember what her name is. I really should have Googled it before I came in here. But this match was pretty sloppy in places. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it was really at the fault of Shrine Sane. I no. just don't think the, these the, these two girls that they got into be jobbers weren't. They seemed to be always out of position. Mm. There was one point when I think it was Shirai, uh, Shirai was doing like that sort of knockdown spots, but she was doing like a simple attack. But Tani was taking like bumps off the back of it. Mm. It's like no, I just I was just chopping you in the chest. You don't have to fall down. Yeah, she's taking these big exaggerated back bumps. And I was watching this match thinking like, this is taped. Yeah. Like you, this is the best you could get out of this because it's edited. Mm. There was a point where uh, Sane was lining up for the sl- uh, the sliding D, and uh, she goes to the corner. Yeah, and the other girl's not in the corner. No, no, so has like, to like crawl. Yeah, across I was, together. I was sitting there going like, "This is a you're going doing this on a hope, aren't you? That she's going to get there in time before you turn around, like." She was because she was like middle of the ring and she like yeah. crawled along the bottom rope and yeah. then like laid down in the corner perfect for it. It's like most people normally think that person will be in the you know put them there and yeah. then I'll do my move. I did think if you were Amber Nova in that position, why would you crawl into that position? You're yeah. like, she's stomping across the ring. Better get out of the way of this she's by doing, going to the corner. She's, where she's doing going one of her signature moves. I best get into the exact position for it. It's like the John Cena thing. Like, why would you? Why would you swing for him? Yeah, he's always going to duck. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it, it was great. And the, the finish saw an assisted moon, uh, assisted elbow drop, and assisted moonsault by Shirai and Sane for the win. I then did some uh, googling because I was curious. Tanea Brooks is the former Rebel from TNA mm. or Impact Wrestling. I, I can't remember if she was TNA or, or Impact Wrestling at that point, but she was one half of that match with Shelly Martinez. The reported one, at least one top five, maybe worst matches of all time. And, it, and I went back and watched some of it again today. And it is remarkable how bad it is. I know what I'm doing after this. It's, oh, man, you've got to see it. It's so funny. Because <laughs> it's, it's Shelly Martinez at one point when, <laughs> when Rebel is doing like a leg split on her. She just keeps shouting, my vag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten all about it. Because when I saw it Rebel, I was like, Rebel. Not the rebel, not the <laughs> rebel of Shelly Martinez fame, and it was my vag, my vag, my vag. And when Brian Hebner says, "Like, what? Are you, what's wrong?" And she shouts, "My vag hurts." <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then get uh, we sort of cut to backstage, and uh, Kyrie and Io are celebrating their win. And up walk. It's the, super kawaii. They are. So, I uh, thought the exact same so thing. So kawaii. So kawaii because they're the bestest friends, and it's so lovely. And then up come these. Big bullies, mm. and, Duke, and I, when I say big, it's particularly when you're talking about Jessamine Duke. Mm. She's about seven foot tall, <laughs> towers over everyone. Yeah. It's like Stephanie McMahon. She like just walks up, and she's just this giant next to everyone. Mm. And Shafir was so good. Like she has, like her and Roddy have definitely been working on sort of like the way she, like the way she carries herself as a character. Because mm. she starts mocking Kyrie because Kyrie's been sort of injured, or like they've been saying she's been out on adventures. She goes, you know, hope nice to see you back from your 
adventures. <laughs> it was great. Proper like mean girls mm. type thing. I thought she was brilliant. I think she fits that, yeah, she fits that sort of archetype of having slightly, because I think the Undisputed Era, actually, all of their personalities skew very close together. It's nice to see them with this three horsewomen stable making everyone slightly different. Yeah. But yeah. Baszler is the super aggressive one. Duke is just backing her up and Shafir is constantly yammering. <laughs> she's a yammerer. It's Such what she's, a yammerer. Just a thing. But, uh, she got that same advice from Stone Cold that Kevin Owens got back in the day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Never shut up. Never shut up. Keep talking. Always keep talking. Um, then we got the Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish match and it was announced that next week big air quotes because it's actually happening this Saturday but mm. being taped this Saturday and airing next week we're going to see Street Profits clashing with the uh, the Forgotten Sons well, hey. um, because of the attack that it came last week um, I was like I got really upset with me last week because I didn't know whether it was Sun as in Sun and Dawn yes. but anyway it's Sun's I know that now um, he forgotted I did forget it and we're also going to see Sane and Shirai versus Duke and Shafir so two big tag matches mm. next week did they in the match, they said that this is the first time that Sane and Shirai have teamed together on commentary, which is a bit of a flub, wasn't it? Because they have yeah, had they that have, match, yeah. They've had literally that match that we're getting yeah, next that's week. that's why I was, I was sitting there like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm is it because it's early and I'm watching this at yeah. like six in the morning, or is it... I missed that. Yeah, I was just a bit like... Ugh. I mean, it could be interesting, because the last one was a bit squashy. So yeah, surprisingly It would be nice, to, it would be so, nice yeah. to see if this goes a bit longer... There's a bit more stuff in it. I like the fact that also Sane and Shirai are starting to do tag team moves now. Like they're starting to do, they've got their own little combos. The finish to this match was a sort of leapfroggy elbow. Yeah. Why use the turnbuckle when we can use each other? Exactly. We can just do what we like now. But obviously, this is positioning people ready for these women's tag team titles to show up and start having people like appear in exhibition matches across brands which is nice please hashtag yes please Um, also like for Duke and Shafir as well it's like it's gonna be a big stage for them because I think it's like close to 10,000 people have bought tickets for TakeOver this coming Saturday so that's a big big audience Mm. for them probably the biggest that they're gonna have they would have easily have had at a a wrestling wise at the very Mm. least because NXT house shows usually perform in front of 100 people so this is gonna be a really this is a heck of a jump this is a heck of a jump for them so yes I think this could be really really exciting yeah (laughs) but then we got the main event segment of this show and what a main event segment Mm. this was holy hell this was so cool so it's Ricochet. Kind of the, the the show was built like there were two running threads throughout this show, which was the Velveteen Dream and the Undisputed Era in one aspect of it. Which I genuinely, when that match finished, I thought, well, that's the main event. Mm. And I did, and then I was only decided to check the thing. I was like, oh no, there's still more to come. And um, the other storyline is that Ricochet arrived at the top of the show, and then Johnny Gargano arrived a little bit later on because last week Johnny Gargano challenged Ricochet to come to the NXT arena. And here comes Ricochet. And he comes out, he cuts this promo saying that Gargano hasn't changed, he just showed his true colours. Well, last year, I also showed my true colours, and I won a title. Mm. Good stuff from there. And then Johnny Gargano comes out and says that uh, Ricochet is just trying to use his emotions against him. And he starts sort of like cutting a promo, but really, it was all a front because he just wanted to get into a scuffle. I did like, yeah, I like this. He was saying, like, you're trying to use my emotions against me. Johnny, Johnny Gargano 2018 would have just rushed the ring and just started attacking you. But Johnny Gargano 2019 is in the ring. It's really funny. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I really did. But then, so that's that's you know nice mm. and everything. But then, it, like this new layer was added to it <clears throat> because here comes bloody Tommaso Ciampa, blindsiding Ricochet, blindsiding Ricochet, huge DIY chance straight yes, away yeah. off the bat. Like the crowd going DIY, DIY. It's happening. And the selling that Champa and Gargano did in this segment selling the emotion and the drama of this and the storyline and their characters was mm. absolutely wonderful well I love this like there was just this brilliant bit where Champa bumbles into the back of Ricochet knocks him out of the ring Gargano follows him out but he stops before attacking him on the floor and he looks back because Champa's halfway out of the ropes and Champa just stops and just backs back into the ring just far enough for Gargano to be like, and now I can attack him. Yeah. Attacks him, and he just watches. And that's when Alistair Black, Alistair Black arrives in the ring. So Alistair Black runs down, and then he starts. Black starts attacking Champa, and Gargano essentially makes the save. Yes, he, and he makes the save for Tommaso Champa. But it was it was just that another brilliant bit of this storytelling because he he's got rid of Ricochet at this point, so he gets up, 
and he he's about to sort of turn around and be like well I've done what I came here to do beat beat up Ricochet turns around and sees that Black has sort of pushed Champer into the corner is beating him down thinks for quite a while mm-hmm. about it he's just watching it and then slides into the ring and makes the save I just I love it I just like there's, there's this sort of like is it because Champer just saved you from the sort of beat down that turned on you that you were trying to give out to Ricochet is it is it old friendship is it you know, it, it's so complex, yeah. kind of what's going on here. I really, really like I it. I loved, it. and as I said, like they were both selling that through their facial emotions and everything. They were mm. conveying all of this story without saying a single word to each other. And yeah, and they, Champa lays out black in the ring, mm-hmm. and essentially Gargano lets him do it. Yeah, like he doesn't stop him. They don't have an argument. He essentially just sort of steps back and goes, "You do your thing." Yeah, and then they get out the ring separately and then join at the ramp but not really join at the ramp champ is always like slightly ahead they don't walk together yeah and then finally they get to the top of the ramp and they're there together champ just goes hey man i'm not going to attack you and he goes out to extend a hand you can hear the rumbling from the crowd of being like oh what well, is going to happen like he was going to do the wave didn't he so yeah. it was like i'm going to do the little bye-bye wave and then he was like oh actually it's, it's a hand turns into a handshake and then Candice LeRae comes out from the back and just starts shouting at Johnny Gargano, this isn't you. Mm. You're not this person anymore. This isn't you. And Johnny essentially almost feels like he was woken out of a trance. Mm. I've just been like, you're right, this isn't me. He does like a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Mm. It was absolutely brilliant storytelling. It was, yeah, it was, it was that sort of amazing... They just did a very good job of like, you know, not... I don't, like not attacking each other not seeming like their friend like just the positioning of them like the way that Champa walked back up the ramp fairly confidently after what had just happened but still just always keeping an eye on Johnny and walking backwards slightly and the same with Johnny sort of like slowly coming up the ramp together but not together like, it yeah. was just it's it is the best story in wrestling. It's, right? It is the best it's story so in wrestling. so good. And I know a lot of people, sometimes when they watch these reviews, they say you're, you're far too positive about NXT. But it's, it's almost impossible not to be positive about mm. this storyline. It's so complex. It's so well told. Mm. Every single facet they've done with this story has been a home run. And this is just yet another home run. Well, it's, just, it's just one of those silly things of like, you know, I know you shouldn't always give people what they want. But somehow NXT always manages to when I turn it on and watch it I'm like oh I just got exactly what I wanted there I got (laughs) I got great matches and a story that I'm sort of seeing pan out ahead of me and I'm going well this could happen this could happen this could happen this could happen and then that stuff is kind of fulfilled on a week to week basis you know we've been saying for ages like I'd love to see a heel DIY we're now getting what seems like the beginnings of that again like it's just the more they do that stuff and the more they play into it the better it's going to be when that falls apart again and the you know if there's a redemption arc for Johnny, but it's the reverse of what happened with the Champa thing. Like, yeah. it's, I just, it's I, I, just brilliant. I don't, I don't know how you could not appreciate it no. when the main, like, this is a story that has been been told for like a year and a half now. Yeah, like, and you watch Raw and SmackDown week to week, and they just pick stuff up and go like this, and then it's like, oh, sh- dropped yeah. it. They're like Marie Kondo. They're like Spark Joy, <laughs> and everyone goes, yeah, Spark Joy, and they're like, and then they get confused and they go, oh, thank no. you, put it down. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. done. Yeah, I just. It's nice to see something playing out in its entirety and actually getting over because it's just consistently doing something. Yeah, completely agree. I thought this was such a great, great segment. And it capped off what was a really, really Mm. good show of NXT. Sometimes we do these reviews and we're like, don't watch the whole thing, but certainly check out these segments here. I would say, like, this is a great episode to watch from start to end. The tag match in the middle between Io Shirai, uh, with Io Shirai and Kairi Sane, rather, was, wasn't great, but it's, it's short. Yeah. It, it's short for what it is. It's nice to see a few... Uh, it's yeah. nice to see them do some good moves. Exactly. Like, that, it, was, it was nice enough. Yeah. Um, but everything else in the show, I just thought, was absolutely brilliant. I thought the video mm. packages were great. I thought Velveteen Dream stuff with the Undisputed Era was great. The tag match with Bartel and, and Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch and Fabian Eichner was awesome. The match with Velveteen Dream and the Unspeed Era was, was really good. I just thought everything... And this ending segment was awesome. It's a great go-home show. A great go-home show. So before we get into the Pokemon thing, Pete mm. did send up a follow-up email saying, uh, Hello there once again, gentlemen, brackets, but not Andy, obviously. 
After hearing Laurie dispute that I was WrestleTalk's resident Pokey nerd, I'm curious to hear about how well-versed he is. I'm not seeing this as a competition or anything, but I am definitely seeing this as a competition. For me, I used to have a YouTube channel where I would upload various Pokemon-related videos, mainly where I would battle competitively, and I also used to stream solely Pokemon games on Twitch for about six months, which was my job. I consider myself fairly well-versed with the old knowledge of the Pokemons. Also, side note, it's fun hearing your ventures in D&D. Blah, 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 talk about D&D. Uh, but, so, I'd, I'll answer the question, I guess. Why are you the resident Poke nerd, Laurie Blake? Just, I think, uh, my brother works there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the easiest, yeah, yeah he yeah, yeah. she works for Pokemon, so... Yeah. Tough tits, Pete. <laughs> Sorry there, Pete. <laughs> Sorry there, Pete. I think I've got the inside line. Yeah. You, may, um, you may have played the games. <laughs> yeah, you played the games, son. I made the games. I, <laughs> I didn't make the games. No. I've made a few videos for them uh, previously. I've met... Yeah, you've essentially worked for Pokemon I've as well. I've worked for Pokemon as well, yeah. yeah. I've made quite a few videos for them uh, throughout the years. Filmed quite a lot of their uh, live events and stuff as well. Yes. So a lot of the competitive scene, I've met a lot of the top players. You may have even met Pete at one point. I may have even met Pete at one point. Such a nice guy. So, anyway... I met him, I met him at... A MediaCon, of course yes. you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so here is the, the teased email. I teased this on yesterday's um, Smackdown review as well. Uh, so, here we go. This comes in from Robert. Dear Luke, Ollie, and Laurie, after listening to your NXT podcast, I heard your email you received from one of your website writers. I would like to clear up slash correct some of the, quote, facts that were mentioned. This is why you're not the resident Pokemon master, Pete. Well. So, but False I, well, info. Yeah, well, here we go. Regarding Jigglypuff being the original mascot, that is untrue. It was Clefairy. It was changed to Pikachu because it was more gender neutral and appealing to both boys and girls. Ah. So there you go, Pete. Uh, as for the whole Cubone Kangaskhan... Kangaskhan? Kangaskhan. Thank you. Debate. Here is one theory that I believe in. In the Pokemon universe, Kangaskhan is always female, thus having to breed with other Pokemon. This theory suggests that if Kangaskhan gives birth to a male Kangaskhan, the baby will be shunned and forced to leave the community. After the mother is killed by the others, this is where the skull comes into play. Now, I know what you're thinking. If a Cubone is a male baby Kangaskhan, then how come you get females? Well, if you look at a clownfish, bit of a stretch, I know. I mean if you say so, but at a certain age they will have the ability to change their gender based on their surroundings. If a newly born Cubone comes into contact with another Cubone, then the gender swap will actually come into play. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Love the consistent quality of your podcast you release. Well, I mean, that would have worked better without clownfish and more with, remember the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park? <laughs> Life will find a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So there you go, Pete. Not only did you think you were the resident Pokénerd, you've been taken down a step by Laurie Blake, and now you've you've fallen into third place. You've been schooled, son. You've been <laughs> absolutely schooled. You just keep falling further down the Fortunately, table. Fortunately, as a Pokémon trainer, you don't have to go to school. When you're ten years old, you can just head out into the world and fight adults. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for that email. Uh, I'm just seeing what other emails we can do to read out. Uh, let's have this one here. This comes in from Reese. Uh, it says, hello, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. This is a rest talk. Get better. I hope this email finds you well. I've been meaning to send this for a while, ever since hearing you start doing this segment while going through all the Ramble podcasts and from a uh, from work a few months ago. Brackets, I'm currently just getting to Super Showdown. Really interesting. Listen to how different things were back then. Crikey, yeah, that seems like a lifetime mm. ago. Super Showdown. I wasn't in. I wasn't here for it. Yeah, it was a heck of a show. Yeah, I can't remember where I was. I think I was just away. Uh, anyway, to get the, to my get better experience, back in November, I started attending a local wrestling school, notably ran by an NXT UK wrestler, once a week. It seemed like a fun way to get in slash stay in shape and an interesting hobby since moving back to Wales after three years at university. I thought to myself, Reese. You're eight and three quarter stone. You're 24. You've done musical theatre two to three times a week for the last 10 years. Sure, it'll be a bit hard, but you'll probably be fine. Let me say now that Reese of late October, early November was an idiot and knew nothing <laughs> and knew nothing that the warm ups I have partaken in, including the likes of 100 burpees in 10 minutes, 275 squats and various other exercises. And it honestly hurts to remember before going into roll drills, bumps and moves, etc. But I am nothing if not stubborn and I tried to improve my ability. 
I enjoyed the gym and I've been going three to four times a week after work for one and a half to two hours. While everything seems to hurt, I can say I feel better for it and hopefully one day we'll see tangible improvements. Brackets, my current aim is to complete 100 burpees in the 10 minutes provided without having to do some catch up without feeling pain like I'm going to fall over for the rest of training. Got to set those goals, am I right? I mean, some people say you do, but I don't like setting goals. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a, a goal that just gets worse once you achieve it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they'll just go more burpees. Well, do 200 yeah, now. More burpees. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry as I've seen it's gone on for a bit. You haven't really. Big fan of all the work you do. We'll be looking to support on Patreon once some stuff is sorted out at work. If you ever find yourselves in the Cardiff area for a wrestling show, bracket, it'd be the only reason I'd advise being in the Cardiff area. I'd love to say hello and buy you each a drink. Kind regards, Reese. Thank you for your email, Reese. Hope the training goes well for you and the wrestling training goes well for you in particular. Um, Who do you think was training in Wales? In Wales, Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark yeah, yeah, Andrews most likely, wasn't it? Um, my, initially, when I, I didn't realize he was from Wales, I probably should have guessed by the fact he was called Reese. But um, <laughs> I, 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 my first thought was Zach Gibson, because I think he has got a wrestling school. Mm. So I thought it might have been... It could still be Zach, I suppose, but more likely mid-Mandrews. Yeah. Um, let's have a, another WrestleTalk get better before we get out of here. This one comes in from Matthew. Hey, Luke, Ollie, and El Fakador. I'm a big fan of the show and have been inspired by the stories of others working to better themselves. In May, I set to commission... Uh, I'm set to commission as an army officer in the US Army and have been working to bulk up and improve my physical conditioning. When I was a freshman in college, I competed in a marathon ruck match? Marathon ruck match? Where he explains, which is a 26.2 mile road march through the mountains of Tennessee in combat boots with a 35 pound pack. In the years since, my rucking skills have gone down considerably and I'm working to get back into the shape I was in freshman year. I've signed up to do a half marathon ruck march, 13.1 miles. My goal is to complete that half marathon in just under three hours. The army standard is 15 minutes miles or 9 minutes 19 seconds per kilometer. I know this may seem like slow to a runner, but the boots are weighed uh, the boots and weight packs slow you down considerably. I'm yeah. unsurprised. <laughs> yeah. I am unsurprised. That sounds rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it does not sound like a yeah. fun way to spend 3 hours. Depends on what the depends on what the rucksack's full of. Like if it's full of edibles, then you could just, <laughs> just slowly you can make it lighter. Slowly lighter as you yeah. go. I need to make this lighter. And <laughs> <laughs> my plan is to load up on WrestleRambles and listen to them during the competition. Best of luck to everyone who is looking to improve themselves in the coming year, very respectively. Matthew. Excellent, excellent email, Matthew. Uh, and the best of luck to you. I mean the thing with the walking like, I guess the thing with the walking marathon is that yeah, you can listen to podcasts. Because I find like if you were going for a longer run, a podcast is rubbish. Mm-hmm. Because it's quite relaxing. Like people <laughs> yeah. are normally having quite a chill conversation, like, and you need that just that gym beat. Just, yeah, yeah, you know, totally, yeah. Do some work. Yeah, lift the things or, or move stand bush your on legs. Loop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Oh, stand bush is good. Yeah. Stand bush on loop. That's basically what gets me. No, I would pre- see. I would prefer to do a playlist that is entirely gym beats with Stan Bush peppered throughout, <laughs> so that when Stan Bush comes on on shuffle, there is yeah. that momentary elation that lift that that rise and rush of endorphins that goes stan bush is here i better believe you can survive it genuinely did work when i was doing a a 5k run for park run (laughs) and i was got to this there's a hill that you have to run up and i was like i may just walk up the hill for a little bit Mm. and then never surrender from the kickboxer soundtrack came on i was like yes i'm in never surrender i'm up yeah, I get, that's the thing. You got to have your own montage music for your own for your own like <laughs> yeah. dare would be mine because then oh, God, I would have got yeah. to that hill and I would have been like, I'm done. I can't. I can't go on anymore. Yeah. Dare would have come on. I'm gone. I'm Rodimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. I I do believe I can survive. <laughs> I've opened the matrix of leadership. The power is there at my <laughs> command. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to round off the podcast with that. I'm going to go listen to some Stan Bush now, and that will get me through the rest of the day. Now, actually, it was posted on Twitter this morning. Cause someone said, like, what is the greatest movie soundtrack of all time? And I was like, the Transformers, the movie soundtrack. Uh, like, uh, there, are, there are literally no other answers to that question. <laughs> so it's a flawless album. Mm. Even the Weird Al track is great. Uh, <laughs> that's all we've got time for on this episode. We're going to be back tomorrow, bonus podcast Friday, with our Royal Rumble predictions. The three of us will be here. Make sure you've listened to our NXT predictions as well ahead of Saturday. And then on Saturday itself, we're going to have Fantasy Booking Warfare. It's dun, Ollie dun, dun. versus Laurie head-to-head in FB-dub. And then on Sunday, Laurie and I will be here to do the NXT review. And then on s- Monday... 
Ollie and I will be doing the Royal Rumble review. Might be all three of us. We haven't quite decided this yet, but it might hey, I'm up for it. Give me a shout. Oh, I think I'm here. Well. I'll get the call up. You've got to get Ollie yeah. to agree to it. Yeah. You'd be captain miserable. Yeah. So um, I'm going to wear tights on Sunday. Let's say, call me up, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then obviously uh, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, back with the regular Raw, SmackDown, and NXT reviews in a post-Rumble world. <gasps> Will it be different? Probably, probably not. not. <laughs> It'll probably be the same as it is now. Yeah. We'll get another Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor match. Yay! Or Baron Corbin versus Elias headlock on a pole match. <laughs> uh, but that's all we've got time for on this show. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.